Well, good morning. It is great to be here. It is so weird to be here without children. Um, I miss them. Hello, kids. Um, I've just, this is a weird time, isn't it, guys? It's just crazy. And one of the things I've been thinking about is how much our togetherness force, like where we have time connecting with people and our separateness where we're alone, has totally gone wacko. It's just not the same as it was in normal times. And I think about some of us are dealing with, maybe you can't connect like with your most important people, like maybe it's a grandparent or a parent um, or a best friend. You can't be in the same room with them. There's something about being together that you really miss. And I think about all the kids who are now doing homeschooling and they miss their friends. Oh my gosh, teenagers and friends not being able to be together, that's really hard. And then I think about families who've got a whole bunch of people under one roof, little kids, adults, and you guys, there's no separateness. It just seems like all togetherness all the time. And sometimes maybe you did like I did, you go into the bathroom and lock the door and just to get some alone time from your kids. There are adults who are working at the at home for the very first time, and they miss the people that they work with. Um, maybe you're single like me, and it's hard. I, I can talk to people on Zoom, but I don't get to see people in person. I want to show you the two people I've been hanging out with, two of the three. These are my rescue Shelties. Buddy's the bigger black and white one, and Daisy's uh, uh, my new little one that I just got a couple weeks ago. I have to tell you guys, I'm super grateful for them. I talk to them a lot. So far, nobody has talked back to me, which is good. When we look at the life of Jesus, relationships were important. You saw that he invested in his relationship with his father, and then he had a group of people, like his little inner circle that he did life with. Um, there was Mary and Martha and Lazarus, his 12 disciples, his mother and his brothers, and then a few other folks. And they ate together, they walked together, they rode in boats, they served together, they ministered together, they prayed together, they did a lot of stuff together. And medical research would show that connectedness, like we need it to flourish as human beings. Um, I read an article in the New York Times that a doctor said, if you are lonely, obese, an alcoholic, and a smoker, and you come into his office, um, they're going to say there's one thing you need to do that will make health thing make the biggest difference. And you know what that is? It's get connected relationally. Like, it is more important. Um, being lonely is like the equivalent of being obese, smoking 15 cigarettes a day, or um, being a lifelong alcoholic. We, God just hardwired us for relationships. They're just essential for us to flourish. And even in this time, I want you guys to think about relationships are actually an important part of self-care. They're better than um, doing your nails and your, and your toenails. Like, we need the self-care of relationships in this corona day that we're in. And I've been thinking about um, these 10 guys in Scripture in Luke 17. And um, they're a little community. They all happen to have leprosy 
which um, back then was a terrible disease. When you got it, you could tell people had it because they were missing fingers and toes and they had scars and burns and sometimes they were blind. And what happened if you got the diagnosis of leprosy, you had to separate. You couldn't be with your families, you couldn't be with your friends, you couldn't, you, people couldn't even look at you because they might become unclean. It was considered so contagious. And so imagine what that would be like to never feel the touch of another human being, to never hold your child or, or talk to your dear friends. It was so hard. And think about in the middle of that, you're, you're shunned off. And if they went into the town, here's what they had to do. They had to cover their face and shout, unclean, unclean, so nobody would see them. And I just imagine that people were mean and they yelled stuff at them and they threw stuff at them. That actually still happens today, you guys. 200,000 people this year in developing countries will be diagnosed with leprosy, and they are shunned. There's an outcast feeling. But imagine that you're dealing with this isolation and fear, and I think we probably can relate to that better um, because of corona. But you find these nine other people who get what you're up against and you, who you can eat with and talk with and who can give you a hug and who can help you with the hardest things that are happening in life. It would make the hard times a little easier because that's what I think relationships do. They make the hard times easier and the good times even better. And so I want us to read this scripture together. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered the village, there were 10 men with leprosy who stood at a distance and they were crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. We looked at them. And he looked at them, Jesus looked at them, and this was a really big deal, you guys, because remember, they could become unclean just by looking at them. And he treated them with, with dignity. And he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Just along the way, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus and he shouted, praise God. And he fell to Jesus's feet and he thanked him for what he had done. The man was a Samaritan and Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. So wow, imagine you're with your, with your nine buddies and, and you're healed from this terrible disease. And we know some about these 10 guys, some were Jewish and at least one was a Samaritan. And here's the deal, back then they were sworn enemies. They didn't talk, they didn't get close to, they kept way social distance from each other. But somehow, this disease and relationships had broken down this wall of prejudice. And I wonder, I just wonder if they learned Ecclesiastes 4 that says this, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. And if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble, real trouble. We need each other. And what makes a healthy relationship? 
Shasta Nelson, who is an author and who studies relationships, says three qualities make a healthy relationship. First, you have to have consistent connection. Like, you have to connect. You have to see each other on a regular basis. Next, you need to be vulnerable. You need to not just share the surface stuff, like what your kids are doing and activities and the weather, but really talk about important things, both hard things and like good things that are exciting you. And then relationships that need to be positive. It needs to, to have encouragement and hope and grace and not just venting and complaining. And when I think about the 10 guys, did they have these three things? I think we can for sure say they were consistent with each other because if we go to the Old Testament in Leviticus, there was a law that said if you had leprosy, you needed to go outside of the town and you form this little community get together. I think they had consistent connection because they were all they had. And I think they were vulnerable because let's just be honest, they were wearing their pain just on their bodies and they could see each other and, and they were the only people they had. So I bet they talked about what was hard and that they missed their families and they um, missed just connecting with other people. And then I think about the positive. Were these guys positive? I think about them they did not stay in their victim status. They didn't just give up and just lay along the road. They came up with a plan, you guys. Somehow they had heard about Jesus, and then they were like, dude, we're going to go find this guy. And we're not only going to find this guy, we're going to stand off in the distance, and we're going to yell and scream, even if it means other people are mad at us. We're going to try to get these guys' attention. Hope wasn't their strategy. They had a plan. And they acted on it. And we know that one guy in particular, the Samaritan, was super positive because he came back to Jesus and said, thank you. So I want, I want you guys to think specifically, how are you doing relationally at Heartland? Do you have relationships with consistent connection that have vulnerability and positivity? Because the church isn't defined as this building that I stand in or the services. It's about relationships, you guys. Like Corona has shown us, this, the church is about relationships. Our relationship to God, our relationships to others, and our relationship to the furthest out, the furthest away from God. Do you have regular, consistent connection with folks at Heartland? Maybe you have some really good friends, but you just don't have anything regular on the calendar. You just see each other like once every couple months and you have a great conversation. There's not anything consistent. How about vulnerability? Do you have vulnerability with folks? I love Brene Brown and she's like a vulnerability expert. She says this, staying vulnerable is a risk we have to take if we want to experience connection. We need to talk about the difficult stuff. And guys, everybody's got difficult stuff right now. Everybody's got stuff they're struggling with. And we also need to talk about the deep stuff that's important to us, what we're learning. Um, and sometimes that it means taking a step into courage because who knows if this other person's going to be interested in what I'm learning. Sharing what's on your mind and what excites you. How about relationships where you connect around positive things like gratitude and encouragement and 
sense of humor and grace and joy and playfulness? Or are your relationships more about venting, complaining, and negativity? Maybe you're you just don't have enough relationships, you're lonely, and I think it is a courageous thing to just say, you know what, I, I'm lonely. I don't have deep relationships. I need more positivity, and I need consistent connection. And I have to tell you, I've experienced all four of those things at different times in my life. And it's vulnerable to admit. Here's the thing I want you to remember is that relationships don't just happen magically. We have to be intentional. We have to make space for them. And it might require you to step out of your comfort zone and feel awkward. I'm gonna say it probably will make you feel awkward, or my daughter Amy says, awkward. So I had a family recently who asked me, they know I love to play games, and they were like, would you like to play Scattergories with us? I was like, sure. And then as I got the Zoom thing ready and I'm sitting at my dining room table, I'm like, dude, this is going to be weird. I just know the parents. I don't know the grown kids. And what if they're super competitive? And what if I suck at this game? Um, What is this going to be like? And I'm so glad I walked into the awkward because it was so fun. And for two hours, we laughed so hard and had fun. So I want you to think and be listening as we talk. What is your next step of community at Heartland? And will you be like the 10 guys and have a plan? Not just hope for it. So listen for the Holy Spirit nudge because no matter where you are on your faith journey, the Holy Spirit is always speaking. And we're going to look at the life of Jesus and how did he do relationships? Like, what did, what did that look like? The first of all, we learn that Jesus prayed Before he chose the 12 people that he was going to, disciples he was going to do so much life with, he went up to a mountain for the whole night and prayed about them. So I want you to pray for people of peace. Um, And what I mean by that is like chemistry, those folks that you just connect with. I told my daughters this all growing up, like, first of all, you have to learn how to make friends, and you're not going to be friends with everyone. You're not going to have relationships with everyone. Sometimes you just click. Don't you know that when you've experienced, like, I want to get to know that person better. So pray and ask God for people of peace in your life. And maybe even right now, he's bringing someone to mind. Like, I wonder how this person is doing. Listen for those nudges and act. Pick up the phone, send a text, give them a call, and check in. And maybe you're going, hey, I've actually thought of some people at Heartland, but I don't know, I don't know what their phone number or their email is. We have a very cool app. I love our app. It has a thing called My Heartland, and you can go look up information about people. The other thing I would say in this as you pray is, You may have really healthy relationships in your life that are positive, consistent, and vulnerable, but they don't attend Heartland with you. And so you could could say, hey, would you listen to the service today and we could talk about it together? That would be awesome. The next thing we see that Jesus did is he offered hospitality. And I told you, like, he looked at those 10 guys and he acknowledged them and he violated a social norm by looking and speaking to them. He extended grace and warmth. 
Okay, so right now we can't, in the age of corona, invite anybody over to our house for dinner, but we can make other kinds of invites. And here's what I'm saying, make invites, but don't keep score. Do you do this sometimes, like you reach out to somebody and you invite them to do something and you do, do that and then it's like, okay, it's your turn. I, took, I was courageous. And then you never pursue that relationship again. I would say do not keep score. Here's one of my life examples of this. When I turned 30, I realized I really did not know my dad separate from my mom. So I began about once a week say, inviting him for coffee or lunch. And this is what my dad would say every couple months. He never invited me. Um, he said, Michelle, I love this time that we have together, and I don't know why I don't seem to be able to invite you. I seem to be able to come over and fix your driveway or help you with your car, but I don't seem to know how to do that. And so thank you for keep asking me, for keeping to ask me. So do that. Okay, the only caveat I have, if someone always tells you no, don't keep inviting them. Um, because they might just be shy, like if they don't invite you back. You can't have people for dinner, but you can. I've been doing Zoom dinners with friends, like they're at their house, I'm at my house, and it is awesome. I do uh, a book group on Saturday with, with my best friend. We're reading a book together and we talk about it, and it's so awesome. And uh, you guys, it's so awesome not to talk about corona. It's great. Um, maybe you do a phone date and just say, hey, can we talk this time every week and catch up? Maybe there's somebody that um, you're actually has been a lot of distance with, maybe even estranged, and maybe right now they're just really on your heart and on your mind. Pick up the phone, give them a call. The next thing is just show up at a Heartland event and get to know somebody. So our Heartland event that I am super excited about is this Emotionally Healthy Relationships class. I just took it, and you guys, this class, super practical. Uh, grab a friend, grab your spouse. We're doing it at 8 o'clock after bedtimes. And this is an amazing time to learn how to do healthy relationships together. With Zoom, you can go a big room and then break into small rooms. So you'll be in a small group where you'll get to process and learn together. So choose somebody to invite them to do this with you. I'm gonna be a leading a small group. I would love to see you there. Um, I would love for you to watch. You can connect through social media. That's a way that we're doing that. We just have a new Instagram for Heartland Kids. And we have so many great um, Holy Week activities that you guys could do together. We're actually having a contest this week about making your own palm branches. But this is a way to deepen relationships with your kids, is to be doing our curriculum together, like Shabu told us. The next thing... That, so we extend hospitality to folks. Who is God nudging you right now that needs to hear from you? And then we see, let's look at how Jesus served. Right before he had the Last Supper, like this week on Thursday, on Monday, Thursday, he humbled himself and he washed the feet, the dirty feet of his disciples. And as he did that, he tells them, serve others like I have served you. Like these guys walked in the dirt and they had sandals and this was a role for like a servant, not the savior of the world. And he kneeled and he washed their feet. So how can you serve people in this world right now? Well, meet needs and share a need. 
Um, I was in California when this stuff all imploded, and so when I got back, I had two weeks of quarantine where I couldn't see anybody and I couldn't go out. And um, one of my very first problems, people were texting me, do you have a need? And one of my biggest problems, you guys, was I did not have toilet paper. I didn't have enough. And I couldn't go early and wait in line because I didn't want to get anybody sick. And they weren't delivering it with my groceries. So my dear friends, Jeannie and Gary, brought me 12 jumbo rolls. I am set for toilet paper. You do not want to Google what are other alternatives besides toilet paper. It's, it's very disturbing. Toilet paper is really important. And then my two dogs got sick, and I couldn't go to the vet. And I have a neighbor that's like family that came over, picked them up, and got them to the vet. I've missed the library, like who has missed getting, I needed more books, and so I've started asking friends, and I had a friend that just dropped some by for me, which was awesome. So be willing to ask and say, hey, I have a need, could you help in any way? And then meet needs. Um, you could make some cookies and drop them off at friend's house, send a gift card. Um, there's just ask, how can I lend a hand? After corona, invite yourself to a project. Like if somebody's moving, decluttering, working on a yard project, just say, hey, can I help you? A relationship could start because you stepped into a need with them. Um, I always keep bacon-wrapped chicken in my freezer because it's an opportunity to provide a simple meal with a bag of salad and some rolls and a dessert. And it is a way to establish relationships. So meet need and share needs. And after corona, I would say serve inside these walls, guys. I have been here for almost 30 years serving in Heartland Kids, and that is where has been a consistent place where I have met my friends, little friends and older friends and everything in between. And so I've been writing letters to, I work, I serve twice a month with the four-year-olds and I miss them. And so I wrote I've been writing them because who doesn't love to get mail, especially when you're four? And so I want to show you a picture of my friend Eli. He's holding my note. Look how excited he is. Um, I would not know Eli if I didn't serve. So serve and coffee on the programming team, wherever. You might want to fill out on the app, and I want to volunteer form right now to say, this is such a great way to get connected. So serve. The next thing that we see Jesus doing is encouraging others. He acknowledged what people were feeling. And I love this verse from Matthew 11. It says this, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. To encourage, does somebody, I bet everybody that we just need that verse right now. To encourage means to celebrate the good because you guys, what we focus on, we become. Maybe if your relationships are just focused on problems, they are not transformative. It's especially important in the world we're living in right now. John Gottman, who's a psychologist and researcher, has done the test. He can predict if a relationship will succeed or not based on this. Do you have five positives for every one negative? He can predict divorce because of that, you guys. Struggling, if you are struggling to have healthy relationships, listen to how you talk, observe. Do you have the five to one ratio or do you need to make a change? 
I have um, a woman in my life who's known me my whole life who is my positive mentor. It's my Aunt Kay. She's in her 80s, and I got to tell you, I talked to her yesterday, um, and she's sheltering at home, and of course, her body is not what it once was, but does she focus on her aches and pains? No, she doesn't. She focuses, she inspires me to look and celebrate the good. She did a Zoom call with her family, which is like 40 people with all the grandkids and um, kids yesterday. And she's just so grateful for those relationships. So maybe you need a positive mentor that you see that just does that. It seems to be effortlessly. Spend time with them. Seek to be interested, not interesting. So you don't have to be witty and have a great sense of humor or tell amazing stories. Just ask good questions. Like, people like it when we're interested in them. My two favorites are, um, what's good going on in your world this week? If you can't answer that question, you may have a positivity problem. Um, and then, what's hard? How can I be praying for you? That opens the door for vulnerability and sharing. The other thing is developing relationships take time, you guys. You have to be consistent. You have to make space in your schedule for them. 22 years ago, I met this gal named Janet at a Heartland event. We were in a buffet line, and I had that chemistry, that people, person of peace thing happen. I was like, dude, I want to get to know her. And since then, we see each other once a week. Um, we've been doing it on Zoom um, right now, but we connect and, and check in and we learn together. We've done book groups together. But you have to invest in relationships over time for them to grow. And um, I have a friend who's been at a church for about four years and she really talks about wanting to have relationships at her church. But I know her schedule. She doesn't have the space with her kids and her jobs and her hobbies You've got to make space for it, you guys. And in fact, that's our mission space statement, to make space for building relationships to put Jesus first. And I wonder if corona is a unique opportunity because it's, it has changed our patterns so much. And how is God might start a, front, a relationship or deepen one right now because of the craziness that's going on in our world? So they do take time. Investing in relationships is actually self-care. It's going to buffer your body during this anxious time. It's one of the things I do every day during corona is I reach out to one of my people and make sure I connect. So I want, I want you to think for a minute, how has God been nudging you as I've talked, as we've talked together? How is he nudging you? What's the scariest part of reaching out and connecting with folks? Do you have enough space in your schedule or do you need to stop something so you could per pursue a relationship? What's your next step and will you take it this week? Will you be like the 10 guys when Jesus nudged them to go to the priest? They went, they obeyed. What is God saying to you right now that you need to act on? Will you be like those 10 guys? We are in a life-changing, never-to-be-experienced-before season. What might God be doing 
in your relationships to deepen them, to bring consistent connection, to bring positivity and hope. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we want to be different people at the end of Corona, at the end of the season. God, we want deeper relationships with our friends and our family and those friends that feel like family. And we pray for every lonely and isolated and scared and for fearful person out there right now. We pray for, for deeper relationship with you and we pray for deeper relationship in their lives because God, we just don't flourish without them. And so we need you to give us the courage like those 10 guys had courage. We need to be vulnerable. We, we need to step into our awkwardness. And God, come Holy Spirit, come. Move in us and change us for the better. In Jesus' name, amen.